Hi, I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, knitting, what I'm reading and watching, and a little bit about keeping a cozy, organized home. You can find me online at my blog, Simple Handmade Everyday, and on Instagram as Kristen Esser. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 36. Welcome, or welcome back, depending on if you are a returning listener. How are you? It's hot, hot October here in Southern California, and I'm back in the hot, hot recording closet. I meant to check the temperature before I came in here. I think it's 90 plus degrees outside, and it's dry, and it makes everybody very cranky around here. (laughs) But uh, we're headed into the holidays, so that's super exciting. I have just basically been adjusting to to having a, an emptier house, you know, two kids back in college and trying to get back into those good routines. And, and that's been that's been fun. That's the, you know, kind of good thing, you know, as we slowly become empty nesters, you know, you got to find the good in that and uh, kind of finding my feet with those, those new kind of routines have been has been helpful. But the most exciting thing is uh, last, it's today, I'm recording on a Monday, and um, I went on Friday through Sunday to San Diego, sort of a combo visit. I was able to visit both my kids at UCSD, um, but the impetus for the trip was that my friend Holly Ann over at String and Story was doing a, a conference on Coronado Island, which is... Um, it's you get to Coronado Island. It's a little, I guess I want to say south. I don't know exactly, but it's a little below San Diego. It's a two mile bridge over to this adorable island that has a very much, I was explained to her, kind of a Santa Barbara vibe. It's got the palm trees and the bougainvillea. Super cute place. Um, we've just just gone over there to the beach and to drive around, get an ice cream cone, you know, walk the the cute neighborhoods, things like that. So I jumped at the chance to stay out there. Um, so she was there for a couple days before me, and I came in on Friday, was able to hang out with um, my two kids, took them out to dinner. Actually, um, my son and I got like just a couple hours to just chat before Chloe was ready for us, and which was just really fun to get all caught up and went to dinner and for coffee and, you know, all that kind of stuff and just kind of get to, you know, love on them a bit. And um, then I got back to Coronado Island. Holly Ann was, you know, off doing her own thing. Um, So we got to uh, kind of touch base late that night, which was fun. And then the next day, she still had her conference going. I went back over the terrifying bridge to drive across the two mile terrifying bridge. Not my favorite thing. Um, Just like it's just a road. Just look ahead. I would like would not look over the side. I don't know if you've got this fear. I wouldn't say in general that I have a fear of heights, but I guess I do because I very much hate Ferris wheels. And I do not like going over bridges. So anyways, headed back into San Diego, took the kids to brunch, bought them some clothes, loaded them up on groceries, you know, the typical kind of mom, mom's visiting college thing, which is fun. And then uh, headed back to Coronado and Holly Ann and I um, went to Little Italy in San Diego, which is, you know, we've been visiting San Diego for a number of years now. And I thought we'd done all the touristy things. We had not. We'd not been to Little Italy, which was was so super cute. Um, so that was just, you know, kind of a fun dinner. Then we walked all over and just chatted for hours and hours and hours. I walked over 20,000 steps that day. And so what's kind of cool about this whole thing is that um, 
Holly Ann is someone that I know from online, online quilting friend. We we did connect um, when she came out here for uh, QuiltCon in Pasadena a couple of years ago. That's the only time I've ever seen her in person. We chat using an app called Voxer like on a basically near daily basis. So, you know, we know each other very well, but we are of only once, you know, been around each other. But I am just so constantly surprised by how you can find your people online. Because, you know, we shared a hotel room and we just that first night we sat up and we talked until 1am. And it's like, you know, she's like, a friend I've had my whole life. You know what I mean? And uh, and it's just so weird because it's the only second time we've actually ever been in the same room together. So, you know, that if all the things that you can say about the internet, and I can say plenty of ne- negative things about the internet, the ability to find your people in these weird little niches like, you know, quilting <laughs> and sewing, it just, it really so facilitates that. And so anyways, it was lovely. She's absolutely lovely. She's a fantastic teacher. Um, and I'm just so excited about the the new Free Motion Quilting Academy she's launched. And yeah, just like where where this girl's going, there is the, the sky is the limit. So anyways, it was just, um, it was really fun. And now I'm just back here on Monday, trying to not feel overwhelmed with the fact that, uh, you know, I've been gone for a while and I just feel a little behind everything, you know, from a homemaking standpoint. I guess I'll probably talk about that more at the end of the podcast, but just 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there, one foot in front of the other. I've got all week to, to catch up and, and get done what I need to do. And I really have to fight back those tendencies of, I just need want to just, you know, muscle through and just do everything today. You know, um, and just 15 minutes at a time adds up and I'll get there by the end of the week. Oh, cup of tea, cup of tea. I do have a cup of tea, even though I'm sort of sweating here in the closet. Can you hear? I hope you can't hear those hangers that my elbow keeps hitting. Um, I'm drinking decaf green tea from Trader Joe's. Um, I did not do a whole lot of great eating. The food was delicious. It was high quality food, just a little more on the carby, sugary side than usual. So I'm, uh, I'm just eating super healthy today, trying not to overdo the caffeine. So I've got some nice green tea here. I should have made iced tea, but I just honestly didn't have the patience. So I've got my nice cup of green tea in hand. I hope you've got something fun to drink, however you were listening to this. And thanks to Fat Quarter Shop for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Fat Quarter Shop is a one-stop show for quilting fabrics and supplies for quilters around the world. They stock quilt shop quality fabrics, pre-cuts, quilt kits, patterns, and notions. And did you know that they also carry cross-stitch supplies? This month, you can get 20% off Laundry Basket Favorites Fabrics. These are gorgeous linen texture basics that come in gorgeous colors. Definitely check them out. Fat Quarter Shop carries all major brands like your Moda, Riley Blake, Wyndham, Robert Kaufman, and Art Gallery with the largest selection of Fat Quarter bundles. Whatever fabric, pattern, or notion you're looking for, chances are they have it. Visit them at fatquartershop.com. I'll put a link in the show notes. Let's talk quilting. I feel like I have so much to talk to you guys about. I've heard from a few of you that you like the longer podcasts, and I suspect this that this might be one. Um, so I've done some real sewing lately. I've uh, Some of these projects I've talked about before, but I brought many of these to completion. The first one is the um, Let the Light in Quilt, which is a triangle in a square quilt that I did with the Madame Floor fabric line from Quilting in the Rain. I did that for her market booth, 
and uh, I sweated that one. I got to be honest with you. I sweated the color placement. I sweated whether it was too simple. <laughs> I sweated a lot of stuff about that. But uh, ultimately, I love it. It was quilted by uh, Deanna over at Sewing Blue and um, using the citrine uh, motif from Urban Elements, and I absolutely love that. The other thing that I didn't talk about is um, for the triangle in a square block, there's a couple ways that you can do that. You can obviously do it with templates, but I use the block lock ruler set, um, which I'll be honest with you, is a little bit pricey. I um, A lot of times with these ruler sets, these like block lock things, I ask for them for Christmas or Mother's Day or my birthday, but I've used that one so many times, and it just, you know, so it, has you it has templates for the triangle and then the two um the things that make the square the triangle and the square and they're a little oversized so you sew those up and you just don't have to be that careful when you're sewing them which is really kind of nice when you get into that kind of chain piecing zen um and i do really like my you know i don't like to cut off points i i'm, I'm i try to be a meticulous piecer and so it's kind of fun when I don't have to be super meticulous because you're going to turn them down. You know, I use the block lock thing for half square triangles too. I'll put a link in the show notes um, so you can see them, you know, and, and I'll be honest, they are an investment for your sewing room. They're not something you should buy lightly, but uh, you know, these blocks, they come out so perfect. And when the blocks are perfect, they sew together more perfectly, you know? So then when you sew them together, you got to pay attention to your quarter inch seam and, you know that you're not cutting your points off and things like that but it just it went together like a dream so that was um super nice so when that was off of the long armor i made a christmas cushion um with the on point uh pillow tutorial from tanya from carried away quilting i think i talked about that last time um i don't think i showed pictures so I'll, I'll i did a blog post i'll put a few pictures in the show notes and give you a link to the blog post if you want to see the whole thing i kind of messed up my color placement the color placement was fine it, i mixed up two rows sewing but it still came out in a weird symmetrical way not gonna sweat it <laughs> i did quilt that one by myself though and um, I, yeah, I'm just super uh, excited to have just a new little Christmas cushion. It's a 12 by 16 lumbar um, throw pillow. Um, so it'll just go in a nice armchair. Um, her pattern um, is it's more for a 16 inch square um, pillow form. So that's fine. I just, you know, uh, didn't make it as tall as 16 inches. I just made it 12 inches tall. So it was a very easy um, adjustment on that. And I was able to um, send off Scrappy Happy, <laughs> my scrap quilt to my to my brother, and so all that was just like, it felt you know very like just I just it, like it was the end of a lot of projects, and it was also you know this month is when my um, the the quilt that is in American Patchwork and Quilting I have a, a blue and white quilt I like to think of it it's in the holiday issue right it's there's not very many Hanukkah quilts. <laughs> And it's blue and white. It's the it's the last project in that magazine. I think of it as the Hanukkah quilt of that issue. And that was with that Boro fabric from Moda um, that I did the mixture of quilting cottons and um, wovens. And the background fabric is kind of a heavier linen. I'm so excited to get this quilt back and in, in, into use. And uh, again, my friend Holly Ann, um, she did some gorgeous custom quilting on it, um, feathers, and it's, it's really pretty. And... Uh, so that, that came out at the same time. So I did, even though that quilt's been done for a long time, I just felt like boom, boom, boom. I've got all these projects after a summer of basically feeling like I'd accomplished nothing. It was really nice to, to get some stuff done, if you know what I mean. Um, 
The other thing I want to talk about is my friend Minky has a new book out. I've got it right here. I'll uh, put a link in the show notes. It's called Zaka from the Heart. And of course, it is completely adorable. It um, is a book that has some sewing illustration, but it's mostly just adorable little projects. So I'm looking here. There's um, a, an adorable coaster with some um, these little houses that are reverse applique and um, what is this? It's a macaron, you know, those cute little French desserts and it's a pin cushion. Okay. I wasn't sure it had a zipper on it. It's a little macaron pin cushion. Um, the table of contents has all these pictures. It's really nice. Drawstring bags, a pencil pouch, zipper bags, all kinds of like purses and totes and zipper bags and cushions and wall hangings. Super, super cute. So she gave me a, um, a copy of this book and I have to read the inscription, which says, Kristen, I hope you really make a thing. <laughs> Because <laughs> sometimes I am guilty of not making projects that I should. So I did. So I made a thing. <laughs> and it is the, let me get the name right. It is on page, where did it go? 46. And it is called the two-in-one zipper pouch. So it's a zipper pouch that has two zippers. <laughs> so which is really nice because, you know, one's a little further down and you can put small things there. It's going to be so perfect for... Um, for hand piecing supplies. So you can keep them a little bit organized because there's two, two places to put things. Um, now I'm gonna bend down and pick up my project here. So I actually used her fabric, you know, if that seemed appropriate, it's her new someday line. And you know how um, sometimes, you know, fabric lines almost, almost always have a focus fabric. And this one has um, like scooters, like, a, like an Italian scooter, like a Vespa and bicycles with the, um, the basket on the front that you picture a baguette and a uh, bouquet of flowers in and some roses and kind of some lacy accents. It's super cute, but I often don't know how to use that kind of fabric. This is perfect if you're a fussy cutter, which I'm, I'm gen in general not, but this is so perfect for fussy cutting. And she spaced them out actually nicely so that you don't waste a lot of things if you as you go after these various motifs. But I use this as the, the main part of the zipper pouch and, um, and as the whole backside. So you can really see some really good roses and bikes and scooters. And then I just used her, one of her navy. It's a white, it's a white print. I'll take a picture. I, I, I need, I've been meaning to take a picture of this for ages. So it's a, it's a basically a white background print. And then I did a little navy, um, accents uh, for the top part of the pouch. And I actually happen to have, and I could not have been more surprised about this. I had a navy zipper that I could use at the top and a white zipper, which is the, the shorter one. Um, you know, the one on the, on the very front. So uh, usually whenever I'm going to do a project like this, I'm always missing a, a crucial, you know, element of it. So that was a really fun um, project that I did one Sunday afternoon. I am not afraid of zippers, but I'm also not super zipper confident either. Um, so I was very pleased. I was very pleased with how this was, this came out. So this is, it's super cute book. If you are a fan of Mickey Kim, who is, um, you might know her online as Zeriano. Um, it's just got that, the whole totally cute Zaka vibe. So definitely check that out. The other thing that I've been playing around with, um, that has been really fun is um, 
I got two irons from Aliso, and if you're on social media, you've probably seen that they um, there's been a lot of uh, hubbub about the new um, Aliso mini iron. And I am a fan. I got to say, I got this adorable little pink one. If You, you might have seen in my stories that um, I'm working on another quilt right now that I'll talk about in a sec. Man, that might not even be on my list. The, well, I'll just say it right now. It's the confetti quilt from Sunday Best Quilts from Corey Yoder and Sherry McConnell. Um, and I've been working on um, on that quilt. It's just a very, uh, it's a one block quilt. And so you can really get into a groove with it. And I set up, I turned my sewing table, which is a dining room table. I usually sew at the narrow end of it, but I turned it in the room so that I'm sewing on the wide end of it and I'm sewing on the right. And I set up a little mini um, pressing station on my left because I'm just so lazy that I can't even get up to press because the sewing machine is actually, it's actually directly behind me, like six inches behind me. Sometimes that just seems too far. But I thought as I was, you know, doing this, um, these blocks for the sweet confetti quilts, it just made sense that I could just press those things open right there and then just go into the next step. And that has worked out really well. I have that 17 by 17 wool pressing mat. Um, and this little iron, I didn't bring the iron in here, but I don't know, it's like maybe six or seven inches long. Yeah, it's very, it's very small. It gets very hot. So, you know, Aliso as those irons um, that the, the standard size ones have the lifts that, that pick up. I'm sure you've seen them a million times, which I'll get to in a minute, which is super cool. Um, so the Aliso thing is that the irons stay horizontal. I mean, you could set it up on its end like a normal iron if you wanted to, but they stay down, and I feel like they just stay hotter that way. So the little ones don't have the lift, but it has a silicone mat that fits the, the iron, so you can leave it on that silicone mat. So on my little um, wool pressing mat, I just had that little pink mat, had the iron on top of it. Um, it's a steam iron. You don't have to use steam, and as a matter of fact... I have a complicated relationship with steam. I get that it makes things less wrinkly, but I think as a quilter, um, you it's dangerous because you can very easily stretch things out of shape. And the quilt that I'm working on now um, has a lot of triangles that are, you cut a square and then you cut it either once in the diagonal or twice. So there's bias edges everywhere. Things get very stretched out very easily. I'm having to sew these very meticulously and slowly and I'm ripping stuff out and doing them over so that, you know, they're, they're right. Um, so it's very nice to have this little wool pressing mat and with, with the wool pressing mat, they say that um, you can use steam, but they don't recommend it. And when I did my review of that, I, I think that part of the reason I don't recommend it is that it, because it can make it smell like, like a barnyard. <laughs> now, I don't have that problem with the one that I have, but, um, you know, so I, I sometimes use steam. My old iron is a reliable iron and they want you to use steam all the time. They want you to have iron water in that iron all the time. So that it's not a tremendously great fit for me. So this is, you can have steam if you want, um, but you don't have to. And it's got these cute little buttons on the side. Like if you need that, just that little burst of, of um, steam, you know, because maybe like you, you've got water in it, but you're using it as a dry iron, but you've got a little problem spot. You can just go, just squeeze these little buttons on the side and you get a little burst to, to take care of that. So I'm finding it so useful. It's completely adorable. I got the pink one, <laughs> but more than that, it's just, it's super handy. Um, I'm not one that at this point in my life goes to a lot of... Um, you know, like retreats and things like that. I hope to someday, but this would be the perfect kind of iron for that too, because it's, it's pretty small, but mo most importantly, 
it gets really hot so it works really well it's got the built-in steam um, and it has a really long cord which I, I really like um, and that was the first thing that I noticed when I I didn't use the the mini iron for a couple days I I took the uh, full-size Aliso iron out of the box first and the first thing I saw was oh my gosh this has a luxuriously long cord <laughs> And, you know, you just don't know how people's sewing rooms are set up, right? So um, it was very nice. It had a very long cord. And you know what the other thing is about these? They don't want you to use distilled iron, uh, distilled water. On my um, reliable iron, I have to have a bottle of distilled water. You know, I just buy the one-gallon things. And that's the only thing they want you to put in that iron. Aliso says, do not use distilled water. Use tap water. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> sister you are singing my songs and that was awesome um and so that also it's so it's that one, that kind of iron where you um it's again it's horizontal you put your hand on it and it goes down and when you and you iron and then when you're done you take your hand off the lift goes up and it takes a little bit it took me a little bit of getting used to, to that action because i've been sitting in iron on its end for you know 50 years um but you do get used to it <laughs> i've joked that it perhaps is developing some bad habits for, you know, uh, hotel room ironing, <laughs> leaving, getting used to leaving that down. Um, but it's very easy to fill with steam. The steam function works fabulous. Um, but also, it's it works very, very well without steam. And I that, to me, again, very important. Um, so I like it that I can kind of go either way about it. Um, the other thing that I really like about the fact that you leave it horizontally is that it's more stable on the ironing board because I'm in a kind of a small area and I often pull my my um, ironing boards up against a wall but I also often pull it out from the wall so I can get behind it honestly so that I can watch TV while I'm ironing something if I've got you know I'm going to be pressing for a while and um, you know my iron has fallen off my ironing board more than once but the fact that it's horizontal makes the whole thing so much so much more stable um, and the other thing that I wanted to say about it is that it's comfortable to use. Now, I don't, I'm not putting down my reliable iron. I won it at Quilt Market a few years ago, and I've been very happy with it. But there was a learning curve on it that when you put your hand, and I heard other people say this too, when you put your hand on the handle, you're, you're just the most natural place toggled the steam off and off. So you had to learn to, to put your hand really low on the handle, which was not a comfortable situation. I've learned, you know, it's fine. It's a great iron. But um, this, it's just everything about the Oliso iron is very comfortable and intuitive to use. Even the way you, um, you can fill it up with water. You do it in a horizontal position, um, which is just very, very easy, if you know what I mean. So... Anyways, um, I'll put a link in the show note if you're interested. They are definitely um, high-end quilting irons. You know, these are not, you know, my, my other iron that I had before, I had a, like a nice iron, is like a $15 um, Black & Decker. <laughs> and while, it, yes, it's hot and technically worked, it was heavy and didn't, and, and the design of it would catch on um, seam allowances and squinch them up and stuff. So um, it's... A luxury it's a it's a beautiful thing to have an iron that is basically made for quilters um, it's got a um, eight minute auto shut off so it's not shutting off all the time um, 
And if you tip it, I was looking through the manual earlier today. If you tip it over, it turns over in 30 seconds. So it's like, you know, you've got some really nice safety features. And like I said, that super long cord. So um, just wanted to share with you about that. I'll probably, I, I will write up a, um, a review on my blog, but um, it's the, the, the two irons that I've been using for a few weeks now. And I'm frankly in love and I just wanted to share. Let's start talking a little knitting now. I'm so glad to have a knitting segment back on the podcast. I'm not doing anything super exciting, but I did want to share. I'm still knitting dishcloths, and I have mentioned a couple times that I wanted to try the Knit Picks Dishy Yarn. I finally bought some and have knit up, I think, three... Um, dishcloths now, and I love it. It's the it's the 100% cotton yarn, which I've talked uh, a great length about how I don't really like knitting with cotton yarn because it's not very stretchy. So the, the the cheap stuff that you get at Joann's and Michael's, which I've been using for years, is just not that pleasurable. It's not horrible. But this stuff is really nice. So it's a little bit, it says it's worsted weight, but it's a little, um, uh, the what's the word? It, it's a little finer of a a piece of yarn than the um, the sugar and cream stuff. And it just, it's not as rough. It's just a little bit softer. I use the same size um, knitting needles. I use just bamboo, um, clover bamboo needles. You can get at any Joann's um, in size seven to knit the dishcloths. And so I think it does, ha it's a little bit drapier because the, the cotton, the yarn's a little bit finer, but that's fine. Um, so yeah, I've, and it's a little bit more, I think it might be a little bit more expensive, but I have knit three, I'm going to get three, maybe four um, dishcloths out of it. And I only get two out of the ones um, from Joann's. So because it's finer, you're just getting more yarn on the thing. So it's it's worked out really well. So I'm totally enjoying that. I'm not doing anything exciting, just the my grandma's favorite uh, dishcloths. So I just wanted to share that. If you've been wondering about cotton dishcloth yarn, I recommend the ones from Knit Picks. I'll put a link in the show notes that comes in lots of colors. Um, I tend to like the white or natural ones because I end up bleaching them because... Um, well, I don't know how the color would hold up with the dishy yarn, but with the, the other stuff I would use is that it would just get really faded over time. And I, I had this sort of blue-green variegated ones that were the first ones I used, and they just got so disgusting looking when they got faded. So I'm just like, I'm going white, and when they get yucky, I'm going to bleach them. So, um, and the other thing, I'm, I'm just, I finally cast on another pair of socks, and I love to knit socks. And so that's been really fun just... Um, Again, Knit Picks yarn, inexpensive, um, what's it called? A f like Felici or something like that. It's just their regular sock yarn, not expensive. I bought, actually, I went to the clearance section and found um, some stripy yarn that um, is just in a color, you know, colorway that I like. It's kind of like muted greens and grays and blues. Sounds exactly like me. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm knitting that at night um, while we're, you know, we're watching TV. And so it's really nice to, um, to, to have some handwork going again. So yeah, I, f I felt like my order from Knit Picks was a, was a win-win. Let's talk books. I'm not sure I finished much since um, we talked to you last. I did have to tell you a funny story. I've talked at length, you know, because I, I just, I record roughly every two weeks, two to three weeks, and I don't always get through a lot of stuff, so I worry I don't have enough content here. But the book After You, which I've talked about over many podcasts here, um, 
I was listening to it as an audiobook and I knew I was I think I thought it was about like at 93%. I knew I was getting very close to the end and when I went to go, okay, I'm going to go finish this book, it had auto returned because I used the Libby app, so I had run out of time and then someone else had it. I couldn't get it right back. So I actually drove to the library and found the book and I sat down in the library and read the last 5 pages. It was like 5 pages. I was so close to the end. So anyways, um, I, I did enjoy that. That's After You by Jojo Moyes. Um, what else have I finished? I am reading a book called um, Free to Focus by Michael Hyatt. It's more of a business book um, that just helps you kind of uh, prioritize and, you know, sort of set goals and achieve your goals. And so I'm enjoying that. I'm not all the way through it yet. And I actually have it... Um, in ebook and audiobook formats. Um, so, and I'm kind of bouncing back and forth between those. So I'll report back on that when I have um, more to say. And I finished again a book that I mentioned a couple times called How to Fall in Love um, with a Bookshop in a Bookshop. How to Fall in Love in a Bookshop, I think. Now I don't know what the title of it is. Something like that. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes. I've talked about it before, but I finally finished it and it was adorable and I loved it. I highly recommend it. And then in my very Kristen way, um, I've been listening to Inspector Gamache books as audiobooks. You know, I have this big drive to San Diego and back. And and when I do my cleaning, I just, I, I do listen to podcasts, but sometimes I just want fiction. And so I actually went back to the beginning, the very first Inspector Gamache book called Still Life. But it's by Louise Penny. If you're new here, because uh, if you're not new here, you know I talk about these books incessantly. But I've always said that I, it was not my favorite, that, it, you know, that series took a while to get going. But I went back and listened to that. And you know what? Now I think it was pretty good. I did like it. And if you have read all through the series, there are so many little things dropped that are foreshadowed in that first episode that I really wonder if she had plotted out the next 15 books ahead because I was just like, oh my gosh, I know where that's going to go. I know where that's going to go. So that was kind of fun. Um, and then I couldn't get the the second one. So I just skipped to the whatever one I could find, which is book number five, um, which is called The Brutal Telling. And I'm listening to that um, as I'm cleaning my house this week. So just, um, I don't know, do you reread and re-listen to books? I, I find it comforting. <laughs> I don't know. And for me at my age, it's like the book that I'm listening to right now, I don't actually remember who did the crime, but I don't even listen to it for the crime. I listen to it to hang out in Three Pines with a cafe au lait and a croissant at the at the bistro. You know, it's it's I'm a total character driven novel kind of person. So um, I just want to hang out with those characters. So anyway, so that's really it. So a little a bit uh, disappointing on the book side, but um, I'm getting the itch. People are, are saying that they're reading um, Rosamund Pilcher. Let's let's talk about re rereading books. Um, my friend Francis is reading September. I think Michelle over at Colin Taffy just read September. Not my favorite one of hers, but it's fine. Um, but The Shell Seekers was her breakout novel, and I've only read it once, and it was about 17 years ago, and I'm, I'm thinking that I might want to break that one out as a, you know, in the fall, I just, I want these kind of little comfort reads. So so that's what I'm thinking about book-wise. In terms of what we're watching, have not been to any movies, um, and again, you know, we're, we don't really uh, fly through all the, the shows that um, quickly, but we did finish the latest season of Handmaid's Tale, 
And um, that was really good. If, if you can stand it, it's not an easy show to watch, but um, I think I'm just a little toughened up. I'm a little immune to it now. <laughs> I've got my tough exterior. So, um, you know, where I'm just, and we're used to the, the craziness of Gilead. So we, we got through that. I'm kind of glad that, that that was done, though. We were very excited about it. We tried the new Veronica Mars. I don't know how many years ago, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, I watched, um, even then it wasn't even new, the Veronica Mars TV show um, with Kristen Bell and totally loved it. And I've even re read some of the novels, um, which are not great, but they're not horrible either. So they did a thing where they brought Veronica Mars back as an adult. Um, she is a, if you don't know about that show, she, her, in the original series, she's a high school student. Her dad's a private eye and she kind of works for her dad. Um, and so, you know, again, it's a little mystery based. And uh, now, you know, she is a full-blown, you know, private investigator. Um, again, and she comes back to the city, which is uh, sort of San Diego-like. It's definitely in California. And um, so we watched one episode, but... It just, it didn't get any traction with me. It was really kind of racy and explicit in a way that the original Veronica Mars wasn't. And I was like, I don't remember it being like this. Do you? And my husband was like, I don't think so. So it just, it, I don't think we're going to watch that. Um, we are now on to Bosch, which is on Amazon Prime um, with, uh, who's the star of that? Titus Welliver. Love that guy. You may know him as the man in black <laughs> from... Um, lost. We should talk lost sometime. Maybe next time because the time is ticking here. Um, yeah, lost. I watched it years and 10 years after it came out, but I got obsessed with that show. But so he, that's the, if you want to know who Titus Welver is, the man in black, he also was in a few other things like Deadwood or something maybe. Um, but that's a uh, Michael Connolly uh, wrote the books, Bosch, uh, you know, that's the main character. He's a private investigator in Hollywood. And um, it's kind of a beautifully shot um, series. And uh, yeah, so it's on its, I don't know, third or fourth season. We catch him every time they come out and totally enjoying those. Kind of looking for a new sitcom. We finished our Kim's Convenience, the thing that we watched with Ben, our high schooler. Um, and I feel like we have worked our way through every appropriate sitcom that we can watch with him. I don't want to watch Friends with him. It's too, like, sexual. <laughs> I learned that by trying to watch it with Chloe going, I feel uncomfortable with this. Um, when you go to college, you can watch that on your own, but I don't really want to watch it with you. We tried. Uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Way too raunchy. Can't do that. So I don't know. Like we did, you know, did the whole Office, Seinfeld, um, Parks and Rec, all that kind of stuff. But we can't find a new one that kind of fits that same um, slot, you know. So maybe, oh, there's like the Goldbergs. I guess we could do something like that. And that's kind of okay. But yeah, something along that line. But we're having trouble with that. So, but my um, middle kid who is off at college, he has discovered Curb Your Enthusiasm, which, you know, is the Larry David show. Um, and it's it's very funny. We've watched all of those. We've kind of rewatched a few of those recently. I don't know that I really want to watch those with my high schooler either. Like, you can go watch those off at of college, but I don't want to sit there in the same room with you um, while we're watching these. But uh, what's funny is to hear um, 
my 19-year-old talk about, you know, about Larry David and how he sort of relates to Larry David. And, and the kind of the, the hook, the shtick of that show is that Larry does, he reacts to things in the way we all wish we could, but we have, you know, our manners are too good for. So, you know, he's constantly calling people out on their behavior, you know, in that way that you think, oh, man, I saw what you just did there. I just saw that you cut in or I saw that you saw me in the grocery store and then pretended not to and ignored me kind of a thing. And uh, so he's adopted some of Larry's little sayings like the stop and chat. So if you know, like you're in the grocery store and you see each other, like, so you have to kind of gauge whether the other person wants to do the stop and chat. (laughs) (laughs) Um, or, or pretend that they didn't see you, you know? And so, um, he said like the other day, you know, he, he was walking, you know, somewhere through school and, and, you know, kind of acknowledged somebody. And as soon as they smiled and waved and they immediately like took off their phone and looked at, he's like, oh, they don't want to do the stop and chat. (laughs) So, um, yeah, just, there's a lot of little, you know, funny Larry expressions like that. So that's been kind of fun to, for have, to have him discover those. Okay, let's move on to homemaking. The big news there is that I finished the whole house declutter. Yes, it took, I don't want, now what do I want to say? Six months at least, maybe longer. We started in the garage, just one hour a week. Um, and I just, when we finished that, we just, I just finished the whole house, the last section of that was going through all the kitchen um, cabinets, which have been gone through. So they really went really fast. And I was able to declutter some stuff um, kitchen wise that I that I took down to San Diego to hand off to the kids, which was really nice. As a matter of fact, um, a lot of the kitchen stuff is a little bit more spacious now because like I gave my second set of measuring spoons and measuring cups that I got when I was in my 20s, but they're like plastic. I gave them to Jonah to take to school. And I'm like, you know what? I have a nice metal set of each of those. And I like having a second set, but I'm going to upgrade myself. So that's my advice. If you've got college kids, get rid of your stuff, you know, hand down their stuff, the stuff to them and, and upgrade yourself. So um, I, I just got to tell you that it was the best feeling to know that kind of every square inch of this house has been gone through. And I'm not saying that there's not more work to do because you can always seem to, you know, find more clutter. But I don't know, I'm going to say 30 bags went to Goodwill, you know, electronic ways, hazardous ways, trips to the dump, you know, I mean, it was it was quite a project. And so now I'm excited to just keep it up. Well, I'm excited and I'm not. I've kind of actually noticed that now that there's not like a big project that I've feel like there's an end to, I have a little bit of a hard time motivating myself to just go do my 15 minute fly lady zone cleaning, the deep clean. Now I force myself to do it. um, But I'm finding myself going, I don't really want to do that today. I really don't. I really want to sit here and I don't know, scroll Instagram. But the idea that I just tell myself it's 15 minutes, you can do anything for 15 minutes. If you don't get through the whole thing today, it's no big deal. It's just 15 minutes. You got all week, you know, so you can really play games with yourself mentally like that. So that's been been good. But um, I think it's a little bit like when you like sometimes when you're losing weight, the the motivation of um of continuing with your program or your healthy eating is because you see the scale moving. And once you get to maintenance, it's just kind of not as sexy and not as, as 
um, fun, you know, you don't get that feedback of, oh, I lost two pounds or whatever. So you just, you know, being there and maintaining needs to be its own reward, you know. So the um, now I do say that I made it through the whole house, but I will say that my next big project is to go through my cookbooks and recipe binders. I've been through the cookbooks actually, but I have recipe binders where, you know, um, where I either make a photocopy of a, a, a often used recipe from a cookbook. So I don't have to open that cookbook every time or things that I've, you know, um, printed out from online and they're in sheet protectors in a set of two, um, binders, you know, separated by meat and chicken and vegetables and salads and breads and things like that. And I pull those out when I menu plan and I, I pull them out of the binder so I just have the recipes I need for the week. Well, the reality is, is that I almost never refile them. And so I just really have my most often like 30 recipes that are just in the front of the binder falling out all the time. And um, so I really need to go through those. And I need to, um, I, I, I started going back through those binders and re- rediscovering um, recipes that I used to make, you know, 10 years ago, but somehow fell out of the rotation. So that's been kind of fun because I've been aspiring to um, kind of mix up our repertoire of food and, you know, and, and introduce new recipes. But sometimes these new recipes can really be just something I haven't made for 10 years. So that's been kind of been kind of fun. So that's going to be something that I need to do um, maybe one night while we're watching TV, just take those recipes out. And, you know, it's just a kind of, you know, manual labor of just evaluating whether I'm ever really going to make this again and, and, and refiling them. So that's been kind of fun. Well, that that will be fun. It'll be I'll be happy to have that done. Let me put it that way. So I know if you've been listening to me for a while, I've been really I've been preaching fly, fly lady. And I'm, I'm sorry if that <laughs> that system doesn't resonate with you. But I feel like it's been a little life-changing around here. And I am a person whose house was pretty clean, but I never got to the deep cleaning. And we t- I talked about that last time. Um, but if you are a person who um, just, you know, has trouble uh, getting on a routine of, of just the weekly housekeeping, then, um, you know, there's there's the fly lady systems like a kind of a deep system so you can just start with uh just like your your routines of of shining your sink and doing your menu planning and doing your what she calls weekly home blessing which is what i used to just call cleaning the house <laughs> but now that weekly home blessing is actually a little less of a deep cleaning so that i cuz i hit the deep cleaning once a month so that's been really good and the way i i break mine up like i did today i did I set the timer for 15 minutes, did 15 minutes on the kitchen, you know, wipe down everything really well, scrub out the sink, wash the window, wipe down the appliances. It took actually exactly 15 minutes. And then 15 minutes of dusting, of just quickly going through like the downstairs and um, the stair railings. And I do my room really quickly, completely done in 15 minutes. And tomorrow I'll, uh, I'll vacuum and mop. And that will take 15 minutes for each of those. And the house feels clean. Um, so if you are, you know, if you're kind of that person that, that knows that you need to get in a weekly routine, um, but you just can't seem to do it, that's where you need to start. If you're someone who's already kind of cleaning your house all the time, but all, but never can get to the deep cleaning, 
that's where the zone thing comes in. So like to, this week is the is the master bedroom zone. So this is when I'm going to dive in and I'm going to dust the shutters, wipe down the windows, do a really good vacuum or a little deeper dust, maybe with some furniture polish instead of just like a feather duster. Um, but still, it, it takes about 15 minutes. So I'll do that one day. And then um, and then on the other days, for the rest of the days of the week, and, and not necessarily every day, I'll just go through, start kind of go through the drawers, maybe refold a few things, quickly go through my closet and go, oh, is there anything I can get rid of here? And just kind of stay on top of it in this very low-key 15-minute way. So um, anyway, so I'm just going to continue preaching that a little bit because um, I just think that... Um, it would the the system makes so much sense once you can get your mind around it that I think it would help a lot of people, um, and I've been kind of talking with some people who are, you know are kind of obsessed like me right now, and and the obsession part comes in with like just uh, you know kind of getting that system in your head. So, but the one thing that I did want to mention is that it's freeing me up to do some things that have been bothering me. Like we redid our kitchen about oh, sixteen years ago, and. In some places, the cabinets, like where you grab the handle, the finish is starting to wear off, which makes me kind of sick when I think about how much we spent on those. So I did a little research on what can you do for worn out cabinets. And I found this product and it was $5 on Amazon called Old English Scratch Cover. So maybe I'll, if I think of it, I'll put the YouTube video that I found in the show notes. Um, it comes in a light and a dark and I bought the dark and after I bought the dark I fretted about whether it would be too dark we have cherry cabinets but I still was wondering um, if it was going to be too dark it wasn't um, and you just put a little bit on um, like a cloth a kind of a thin cloth because I think it, otherwise it just absorbs in and you just rub it rub it over whatever area is you know the, the finish has worn off and it just it kind of just like restains it it's a little bit like using those little furniture markers to get rid of little scratches but it works so much better um so yeah it, it's I've, I've so now i'm just running through fixing all those little places in the kitchen that kind of bug you when you know when you get into cleaning and then you go oh well this needs to be fixed and this needs to be fixed it's like one thing leads to another well this is something that for five dollars i was able to um in just, you know, 15 minutes, go fix all those little places in the kitchen that were bugging me. And for one simple swap this week, I want to talk about candles. Um, so I love candles. I am I am guilty of um, <laughs> decorating by candle. Every time I go into Target, I want to buy more candles. The weird thing for me is I think I have a really very sensitive sense of smell. So even if candles smell good, I think I want scented candles but immediately the scent gets too strong for me. So um, I have these two big candles that I bought when I redid the family room because I really like this metal, these metal things they're in and they're, and they're quite large. They're from Target, they're the Magnolia home thing. Um, and, but I don't like the way they smell, they overwhelm me. So I have this idea and I haven't done it yet, but this is my plan. Well, first of all, do you know your needs, you, you should be burning soy candles. The normal candles, have formaldehyde and all kinds of terrible things. They're not good for the environment. They're not good, good for your health, but soy candles are better. And so I got online and I think from Amazon, I'm going to buy um, like 10 pounds of plain white soy wax. And I'm going to dig out all of the, the, the candle in these big candles that I have. And I'm going to refill it with plain plain wax because what I want is the light I want the ambiance of candlelight 
but I don't want the smell, especially like I want to burn candles at night, like when we're making dinner and stuff, but I don't want a scented candle on top of the yummy smell of food that I'm cooking. I've never kind of understood that. So, so this, the one simple swap is if you're burning candles, think about soy and, um, yeah, so I'm, and I'm going to try this whole unscented thing. I might do a little experiment with a little bit of essential oils because so they can be very lightly scented. Um, and then, of course, you know, if you like that smelly, you know, just a, a more mild aroma in the air, there's diffusing essential oils, which I also do. Um, and that's very nice for, you know, for the smell, but I want the ambience of, of the of the fire. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, soy candles, the one simple swap. This has been a very long podcast, um, so let me just wrap it up. There's a few last things I want to say. I recently um, started uploading my podcast episodes to YouTube. So if that's a place that you listen to things um, in, in other ways, I want you to know that happened. If you follow me, if you subscribe to my YouTube channel, I want to apologize for the fact that over the last three weeks, I have uploaded 34 episodes. <laughs> so you probably gotten all kinds of notifications that you didn't really care about. So sorry about that. I've gotten so many emails and comments in the last few weeks from since the last episode that I so cherish. So thank you so much for those of you that have reached out. I love connecting you with you in those ways. And I do want to mention that if it if you leave a comment on the podcast on the actual show notes, um well, you know this if you've done this because I just email you back directly. Um, so if it looks like oh, Kristen never responds to comments, it's because I don't usually re respond in the blog post because I figure nobody ever goes back to check that. Um, so I just reply separately and personally. So I just wanted to, to mention that. I did get a few new reviews, TMCCMC and Trisha TX53. Thank you so much um, for your reviews. I totally appreciate it. I also wanted to mention that one day I got in a thing. I started checking other platforms and I found out that Texas Farm Girl um, reviewed it on Stitcher and I like I think about 10 months ago. So <laughs> sorry about that. And thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, so if you would like to share the podcast, rate, review it, uh, very, very much appreciated. So thanks for hanging with me if you're still here. I hope that you have a wonderful week and I will see you next time. <laughs>